Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the special edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia and together with me are Sunanda Vashisht and Hindol Sen Gupta. Um, uh, Hindol, as you know, is uh, has been on Mind Podcast earlier and he's our special guest for this special episode on the Indian budget and other things. Um, he's, an, he's a journalist, author, um, uh, who's written eight books and uh, a columnist whose columns I personally always look forward to reading he was um, he's with fortune india he was with fortune india uh, also had a show on bloomberg tv and in 2017 was selected as a young global leader by the world economic forum uh, his latest book the uh, sacred sword the legend of guru gobind singh is uh, quite a page turner i would highly recommend reading it we did a discussion on it and other issues on mind podcast last year so it's great great to have hindol back on the podcast uh, how are you doing it's absolutely delight to be with you guys Thank you very much. Well, back. Absolutely. And uh, Sunanda, uh, it feels weird, but uh, it's right now three of us are in three different locations. But we had to do the special yeah. podcast and make this happen. <laughs> yes. टॉप एज यू एक्सपेक्टेड um you know this this is this is bizarre i mean okay i understand everybody is excited but having shows 4 hours in advance before the budget that is just insane <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean you know i have been seeing i mean i have been covering the budget and commenting on it and looking yeah. at the budget for now about 10 years yeah. uh, which began with my you know the npt did all the way up to today <laughs> and i can feel that look i mean there's not much that is left in the indian budget for the kainat so it comes to be honest you know yeah. especially after gst hmm. most of the stuff is gone out huh. right yeah. and essentially you're talking about looking at the government borrowing program of it and so on and so forth right this yeah. one or two thing mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. essentially it's become a bit of a media jamboree mm-hmm. so in the name of the budget a bunch of media organizations make a lot of money right so so i don't know how long this will last to be honest the, the, oh, i don't think the <laughs> I think I think a lot of people now realize that there isn't that much real information that comes up in the budget. Mm. Though having said that, this budget was very very interesting as we will go on to discuss huh. because I think there are some really critical ideas that came out. Mm. Uh, a lot will depend. If you think Mr. Modi is going to win another term, mm. then it's an extremely important budget. If you think he will not get another term and there's only one year left and so on and so forth, then it's an even more interesting budget. उटेक्टिवलीउटेक्टिवलीउटेक्टिवलीउटेक्टिवलीउटेक्टिवलीउटेक्टिवलीउटेक्टिवलीउटेक्टिवलीउटेक्टिवलीउटेक्टिवली
in TDP or Aastak or something. So they had a pandal like a wedding, you know, in India, and they had a pandal outside, and they actually had a pakore wala and samosa wala, you know, making food there. <laughs> and Anchor was talking. I, I was. and he was essentially with the wife of a chief minister throwing as you know no balls at each other mm. <laughs> and she was singing bollywood songs and i mm. mean this was the reportage on the world economic forum at that राहुल कमल विथ अमृता फडनवीस एवरीबडी शुड वॉच दैट एट मिनिट वीडियो इज अ मस्ट वॉच फॉर एवरी पर्सन हू थिंग्स दैट जर्नलिज्म इज डाइंग इन इंडिया बिकॉज देल बी एब्सोल्युटली राइट astoundingly huh? has on his twitter handle the word that supposedly the only form of journalism that is important and relevant and even as journalism hmm. is supposedly investigative journalism and everything else pr <coughs> this is there on the twitter handle of this particular journalist i mean clearly that was a great display of investigative journalism oh, I, mean, i don't know like i mean sometimes they feel surreal in about the indian media you know i mean it is it is राजस्थान Uh, announced by the government where more about more than seniors in 10 crore families would be given medicaid uh, which a lot of people on twitter for some reason started calling it modi care i mean i i don't know i don't know why we have to use terms after obama care and so forth but um, i i am a little skeptical of this guys because it's a great uh, i mean step no doubt i mean it's a progress uh, you know progress sort of progressive step and all that but do you think considering the healthcare challenges that we have in india that it's implementable I'll just go to it first, and then um, uh, Hindol will uh, chip in. Um, I have known healthcare uh, for very close quarters mm-hmm. um, in India and in the United States, and I have known how um, uh, the noblest of ideas. By the way, Medicare and Medicaid 
Medicare in the United States is for uh, retired people about 65, and Medicaid is for indigent people or uh, poor um, who cannot afford um, uh, any kind of insurance. And this was done incidentally. Uh, this was started in 1965 by the uh, president, who was a Democrat from Texas, Lyndon B. Johnson, by the way, a Democrat. So ever since Medicare and Medicaid started, every um, uh, you know, election, uh, we have been hearing that um, these two health schemes, they will turn any government bankrupt. What we have seen, even in the United States, is that this is a great idea. There is no question. That is the noblest of the ideas. Everyone, is, you know, on the paper, um, there should be universal health coverage to all. I mean, who would deny it in spirit? Uh, I mean, but when you go to the implementation part of it, it is so um, susceptible to fraud, and it is so it's not implementable really. Uh, unless there are some major changes made to it. So what I found in the budget, and I was looking for it, I found, I did not see how this was going to be implemented. Later I was told that in six months it will be uh, rolled out. I don't know how. I believe a journalist from NDTV, Akhilesh Sharma, he um, uh, tweeted later that it will be a form of uh, a company like LIC will be formed and this will be uh, rolling out, um, you know, insurance coverage and premiums will be taken care of or there will be a trust that the government will form. Right now, there was, in Arun Jaiti's speech, there was zero clarity other than the fact that this is universal health care um, for uh, 10 crore people, which is wonderful. But how it will be done, where the money will come from, I don't know. So, uh, with that, I'll let Hindol uh, come in. Uh, Hindol, your view, first views on that and any other highlights that you found in the budget? Yeah, uh, well, I think Sunday has touched upon a good point, which is that we are not sure whether, A, the money is available, and B, even if the money is available from some source, how will it be rolled out? Because healthcare. Uh, again, remember in India, uh, depending on which state you go to, you have very different standards of healthcare. I mean, it's average at, at a level poor everywhere, but it depends on where you go. There are different standards of healthcare. I mean, it could be abysmal, say, in a Uttar Pradesh and so on and so forth, but in some of the southern states, it might be significantly better and so on and so forth. So how that money would be allocated, in which form it would be allocated, what would be the criteria on which it would be allocated, who are the people on the ground who would actually take care of delivery. I mean, there is a, you can have the money, but remember, there might be a genuine case where you don't have enough manpower and resources to deliver it on the ground. So these are all very big question marks. Also, I am genuinely skeptical of any private-public partnerships in India <laughs> because often these lead to essentially thuggery. In India, unfortunately, the basic fundamental standard is, you know, crooks essentially. Mm. So therefore, whenever the uh, private sector realizes that there is a large quantum of government money to be made, unless it is extremely stringently enforced and streamlined, the chances of the money disappearing are high. Mm. That's why some people like me have always advocated that the best way to do these things in India is give the money to the people, mm. let them do whatever they feel like. Mm. 
because at the end of the day you want responsible citizens and if you feel that citizens have you know i mean we gave adult universal adult franchise in 1947 when most of the country was illiterate mm. so we had a faith in our citizens right yeah. and today with especially with the opening of these millions of janthan yojana accounts mm. if literally every indian has a bank account it would be better to take that money and just give it and say this is the money we are giving it to you for health care mm. it is up to you to spend it as you feel uh, on health care Mm. So, I, I think at the end of the day, individuals have to take responsibility of their life. So, yeah, you, you're you're almost. Advo- if it was a system uh, where uh, the healthcare providers would be billing the government directly for the healthcare charges, then we will create a whole new, uh, you know, strata of bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah. Add to that thing. No, and, and potential corruption. I mean, I let's not yes. let's not pretend like private hospitals in India are completely exempt from corruption. If uh, government hospitals, then private hospitals may be utna hai. If I don't know what the present situation is, but um, from what I hear, it hasn't improved drastically. I mean, you know, corruption nahi hai, but there are infrastructural issues still remain. with private hospitals so that's that's the secondary so i think all three of us are in agreement that uh, how private hospitals in many cases i mean even some of the best hospitals private hospitals in india crooks essentially yeah, yeah. i mean I, let me tell you i mean i have had experiences where essentially you know doctors today in some of the best hospitals hmm. subscribe medicines to you or prescribe medicines to you which you absolutely don't need and which are Ten times the price of what you you know actually pay, need. Right. It, it's a it's a big. I mean, healthcare has become a big scam in India. I agree yeah. completely, yeah. completely agree, and 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 that's the that that's the issue. You know, the irony is that what you advocated um, today was, you know, of course, less taxation, and you were saying people should get their money. In US, you had the State of the Union um, speech by Trump, which was actually I was listening and I was telling Sunil that I'm no great fan of Trump, but I have to say that it was not as bad, or you know, it was reasonably um, a lot of centrist people actually did not criticize him as much as they were hoping, and in there they were announcing. Re- Feeling Obama care, or at least the points of Obama care that were um, where the middle class was angry. They were t- talking about talks about rolling it back, and here the middle class seems to be angrier with a center of right government, so to speak. So, um, Sunanda, uh, uh, before I come to you, um, I want to talk to Hindol about the tax issue. Um, a lot of people are saying that unless. in very specific cases if you are making less than 5 lakhs a year or something you're probably going to be taxed less otherwise you are going to be taxed more next year so do you think that um, there was a let fair criticism by sections of the society of the government on it yeah i mean look i mean at the end of the day essentially the finance minister is trying to get money from wherever he can hmm. and the truth is he can only get money from one source which is the salaried employee hmm You know, it is today. There is no government in this country which has the guts to uh, tax the rural rich. Hmm. Nobody has the guts to do that, hmm. right? So therefore, where will you get the money? I mean, you will get the money from people like you, me, and and you know, people uh, like me have no choice because we are in salary job now. Hmm. No matter what we think, the money will go from our account. Same, right? Absolutely. There is nobody hmm. can do anything, hmm. especially with the Aadhaar and whatever. It's very difficult to do anything. Hmm. So. Uh, therefore, he'll try to pop up whatever he can. I think there is a larger point here, which I think we ought to discuss. Hmm. Why are so many people so reluctant to pay tax to the government? <laughs> yes, 
Yes, absolutely. People are reluctant because why are people not reluctant in many other parts of the world? Why are they so reluctant in India? Mm. They're reluctant in India because they see that what they get for that tax is nothing. Mm. Right? Mm. And there is a genuine sense which has developed as a as this petulant anger now mm. that only one section of the society is is paying all this money and it's going towards the section of society which, you know, is not paying anything. Mm. Let me give you the example of Bombay for it, right? Mm. Now, this budget has announced this large sum of money which will be used to develop suburban railway in Bombay. Mm. Now, Bombay, as you know, gives the maximum amount of contribution of taxes of Bombay to the exchequer is the highest of the time. Yeah. One city gives an inordinately large amount of tax. Yeah, more than some states, actually. Exactly, right? Mm. However, Bombay had abysmal uh, infrastructure. The way people travel in Bombay uh, trains every mm. day, no human being should be forced to travel like that. They're yeah. putting their lives in danger every day, mm. right? Now, obviously, you can see if you were living in that city as I did, mm. and then ran away because it was so abysmal. <laughs> essentially, uh, if I, if you were living in that city and making money and paying taxes, mm. you would be resentful. You would mm. be like, "Why am I?" facing living in this hellhole mm. and paying so much money in taxation, what am I getting in return, mm. right? So there is a fundamental breakdown of a social contract between the Indian government and its people. Mm. And that contract is the contract of taxation versus benefit. Mm. People pay taxes because they feel those taxes will be used for their benefit. Mm. In India, most people don't feel that those taxes go back to them. Indian cities have become aware of people, where do people who pay taxes live in large Indian cities? Mm. Large Indian cities have become unlivable. Mm. That's why I was happy for the first time in this budget to see that there is at least a clause and some amount of money mm. to fix air pollution in Delhi. Now whether it will be fixed or not, we don't know. Yeah. But at least there is a clause. But if you live in one of the major cities in Delhi, you are one of the, you are one of the few people in India who pay taxes, right? Mm. But your life is becoming worse and worse and worse. Mm. Your children can't go out, go, go, go out to play. The law and order is abysmal. Your infrastructure, roads and railways is terrible. Air pollution is killing you. So, obviously there is resentment, right? Mm. So, unless you fix this social contract, there will be resentment about being <clears throat> Absolutely. Let me ask you a question. No, and then one more thing, just one more thing, Sunanda, I just wanted to add, what you said about Mumbai Railways is another thing which I found out and I did not know till about a while back, was I think uh, the local stuff is managed by Indian Railways, right, you know, not by the local authorities, uh, the local transportation. Huh, and it, that I find... I'm no expert on the Indian Railways to be honest, but I think you're right. Huh, but, and if so, it's bizarre, because in a city like New York, I don't think Washington DC manages the transport there. I mean, you are in New York right now it wouldn't it be it, but that's the problem i mean you know yeah. in this you have to agree with people like milan deora who have been crying horse for the longest time saying a city of bombay needs its own elected uh mayor yeah. who cannot have a chief minister whose entire votes come from the rest of maharashtra mm. sitting and trying to run bombay mm. and the municipal corporation run by somebody else mm. who are constantly fighting with each other Obviously, it's in a mess, right? The entire structure is built for corruption in a mess. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. New York has its own elected mayor who runs New York, who is responsible to the people of New York. Right, right. 
Ah, Sunata, you're saying something? I had a yeah. question for Hindol. I had a question yeah. for Hindol. You know, you were saying that, um, you know, who pays taxes and Indians, you know, they don't uh, pay taxes because they, somewhere the social contract is broken, they don't feel they get enough money. But the whole trust in the last few months or a couple of, last year or so, by this government has, you know, cashed this economy and demonetized. That was also supposed to be one of the side effects of um, demonetization. With the results, we have been hearing, and I'm not sure how much it is, that the tax collection has gone up. Uh, more and more people are paying taxes. Do you buy these stories? No, I'm sure. Look, I mean, if you streamline the system, there will be, your collections will be heavier. The system was, the system of collection was completely broken. I mean, I remember even three, four years ago, um, if you know Delhi well, I, my chart yeah. accountant at that time used to sit uh, very close to a big market in Delhi called Lajpat Nagar. And every time yeah. I went to meet him, he would look outside his window and laugh at me saying, you know, jokers like you are paying all this tax. Not a single person in this massive market where business worth hundreds of crores happen every day, oh, there's a single yeah. penny in taxes. Right? So, that was the problem. And I'm sure the tax collection would have gone up because you're streamlining it. And that's why there is so much opposition. You see, nobody likes Aadhaar. Nobody likes Aadhaar because, they, you know, all the corruption, a lot of the corruption will go if you connect all these things. I mean, yeah. when, you know, beyond the point, you won't have a case to hide. So, therefore, nobody likes these things and the collections would have gone up. But that going up is not people giving taxes willingly. They're giving because they have no choice. Oh. Now you have nowhere to hide, so then people are forking out. But mm. that is only causing more resentment. It's not, I mean, it's not like people are thinking mm. that, oh, wonderful, you know, now I'll pay tax and I will get this benefit from the government. I mean, in India, you know, nobody think about it. Most taxpayers, forget most taxpayers, even the poorest of the poor, don't usually send their children to a government school. And how many thousands of crores we spend in education? Right. It's a joke, right? I mean, the contract it's is completely broken. Mm. Look at healthcare. I mean, my father, mm. my own father, who's a government officer, um, he's retired now, but he only go, you know, he would never go to a, a government hospital because he knows what happens there, but he can't go to a private hospital because they're crooks. So the poor man, I mean, living in the capital of the country is really stuck. No, actually, Hindu, yeah. we were talking about this today, me and Sunanda, about how badly Ames was 10 years ago. She's like, she was saying that abhi bhi utna kuch difference nahi hai, but 10 years ago, Ames was just another uh, thing, right, Sunanda? I, mean, I was telling actually, you, actually, Ames is better hmm. than many private hospitals. At least Ames will, Ames will make you wait and, you know, treat you badly and whatever. But at least when you see the doctor, he will be fair and, you know, you will give him the right medicine and he will not treat you and trick you and kill you in some private hospitals and I don't want to name them some of the biggest and best known mm. hospitals they will so basically you know I don't know unknowingly cut your kidney out and send you out <laughs> oh dear I mean it's I know so I should laugh I mean, at this India, it's almost macabre I mean, but you're right it is it is macabre yeah. it is absolute mm. that's the word for it to mm. hit the nail on the head it is completely macabre yeah. So, uh, but, but what you said about um, uh, uh, what you may call uh, education, I'm coming to that. That's the next part, education, infrastructure, and then we'll wrap up with the rural sector. Um, so education, we saw heightened education spending uh, from the government. They said some incentive for the PhDs and then institutes and stuff. IITs and IISCs and so forth. But again, we, we are coming back to the same question. Has the implementation been better? 
And again, you know, so the answer to that is very simple. The answer is no. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing. So, uh, you know, when we talk about structural reforms, um, if even if the reforms happen from outside, if the structure is just as corrupt or just as inefficient, how useful might these reforms be eventually? And well, I mean, in India, as always, we will have to wait to find out. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. There is no, I mean, no one can give you a definitive answer. Correct. No, yeah, it was. Huh. So, no, no, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. Just to complete, I, I agree with you. It was almost a rhetorical question at this point, like you said, you know. Uh, but complete your point, Hindu. Sorry, you're saying? Yeah, so I mean, I'm saying uh, a lot of it is implementation, right? Mm-hmm. Look, at the end of the day, one of the, cred- one of the credible things about the Modi government is that it has shown in some ways that at least it can get the bureaucracy to work. Correct. Then Aadhaar rollout is a classic example of that. Right? And yeah, in yeah. some ways it can get the bureaucracy, if the bureaucracy is kicked enough, mm. it can get the bureaucracy to work. Mm. But how much in which sector it will be able to get the bureaucracy to work, we genuinely don't know. Mm. It's much easier to deliver something like Aadhaar and much tougher to deliver something like education and, uh, or, or even healthcare, right? Mm. So these are very tricky things. Yeah, and I'm one. Uh, so th- that's that's no fascinating points on that. But going to some of the positives from the budget, also I think GST is slowly getting streamlined. We see uh, there was also a commitment to complete the Air India divestment or disinvestment by June, and I, I hope that happens. I mean, you know, um, they've been trying. Another thing which a lot of people have probably not uh, read about was not mentioned in the budget, but I have been tracking big. Uh, because closely because it pertains to my home city is uh, the government of India for the longest time was trying to privatize the Ahmedabad and Jaipur airports like Mumbai and Delhi and Mumbai and Delhi have truly been better airports since they have been privatized but they were unable to find buyers because AAI still wanted to have some stake in it um, most most people uh, who are interested in the bids don't want the government of India running uh, operations at the airport Yeah, which I, I absolutely don't blame them and that's why they kept on uh, extending the bid dates and relaxing the norms and I think they are facing similar opposition similar things with Air India as well so I hope that they for once and for all realize that they will someone will have to bite the bullet uh, in terms of civil aviation because uh, you know if you have traveled I mean recently to India our airports are overflowing like anything and they are just not well equipped to the population boom that we are going to have doing air travel look the uh, the numbers are very clear if you give Indians a good service, the same is true for the Delhi Metro, for instance. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Delhi Metro today is not bursting at the scene. The, the thing is only 10 years old mm-hmm. and it has already run out of capacity. They're really struggling. Indians are desperate for, uh, that's why I like the phrase ease of living. Indians are desperate for ease of living. Mm-hmm. It's just that if you give them infrastructure, obviously millions of people will use it. Hmm. But you have to give it to them and as always in India, hmm. things arrive 20 years after they should have arrived. <laughs> so by the time they arrive, anyway they are already out of the bank. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. But I have to say that the, the two things impressed, or two or three things impressed me in the budget. One was the money allocated to tuberculosis. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was quite interesting and I think that was a good point. It was a point well made and a much needed point. And the other, and I don't think a lot of people are uh, attracting this or connecting the dot. It is very clear that Mr. Modi has a particular vision for agrarian India. Hmm. That vision cannot be rolled in one year or two years or three years. Hmm. But the beginning has been made. Hmm. You have to connect the dot between a Subhash Palikar getting a 
Padmashree to the governor in Uttarakhand rolling out, uh, you know, what, what Subhash Palikar calls spiritual, zero budget spiritual farming, which is really an Indian version of organic farming, mm-hmm. to now all this, you know, effort uh, towards, uh, you know, uh, removing agrarian distress, to the other initiative of the government, which will essentially, uh, which is helping hundreds and hundreds of small organic farmers get a better uh, deal in the market mm. and then the pro- program of course as you know it's called the Param Pargat uh, Krishi Vikas Yojana mm. Mm. Um, and, and that's the, the PKVY as it were uh, if you look at that that scheme it is helping a lot of organic far- small organic farmers turn to organic small farmers turn to organic farming and help push up the uh, their uh, farm income Hmm. If you connect that to Mr. Jaitley's promise of liberalizing commodity export, hmm. you can see that some interesting experiment is being tried or will be tried. Hmm. Because India has a real opportunity if it can become an organic food hub of the world. Hmm. It has a real opportunity to sell organic food produced in India around the world, whether it's processed or raw. Correct. And but that will not happen in one day. Yeah. But I think there is a genuine effort by the government to try and make that happen. Of course, if Mr. Modi loses in 2019, then I don't know what is going to happen. But definitely, <laughs> it is quite clear that this thought is there. It's just that all these dots have to be connected and most of them are connected. No, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing, because I'm familiar with that industry here in terms of Indian food industry and stuff. Already there is a lot of frozen food and stuff, organic food coming from India to United States, but primarily for the, and to UK and Canada, but primarily for people like me and you here, and you, you can see in the store. If you are right, that if it's expanded to include other foods in other countries, you know, um, specific countries where, you know, you can, uh, uh, target them their market then this this will be a great opportunity for india absolutely absolutely look i mean i don't I, this is the problem though i and i've always argued this mm. that for generations literally mm-hmm. everybody has seen the agricultural sector in india as essentially a cost center mm. nobody talks about innovation in agriculture nobody talks about mm. you know uh, technology in agriculture nobody talks about uh, startups in agriculture. Mm. Finally, that sort of thing is beginning, right? Yeah. I mean, you see, look, look at companies like Original Indian Cable and a whole bunch of others mm. who are looking at connecting with very modern uh, marketing, mm. connecting markets to Indian farmers. Right. Right? And if Indians understand the value of the food that they eat and are willing to pay a little more, it could have a transformative impact much more if you can sustain that you will be able to become a global hub of food. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, please remember, as you can see, there's going to be a crisis on food. I mean, it is very unclear whether the world can sustain a population of 10 billion people, which is where we are headed, yeah. and feed all of them. Mm. So there will be quite uh, create food. We need to start wrapping up uh, on this. Yeah. Yeah, the, that education bit that you wanted to say, and just a quick comment there, mm-hmm. that this budget has allocated one lakh more towards higher uh, education infrastructure, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. It is. But I tried very hard, but did not see anything on primary education, which is where they lag the most. Mm-hmm. And I have looked around in, um, uh, you know, um, 
elementary schools, uh, government-run elementary schools, and they are not necessarily the best. I feel the problem is there. Higher education money, uh, you know, my allocation for higher education, wonderful, but I would have liked to see more being done for the elementary education. Mm-hmm. And coming back to the um, coming now to the agriculture that. Uh, and also uh, eloquently talked about. But my problem here is, if both of you remember last year's budget, it was completely, it was touted as a farmer budget. It was a budget where um, we said that, uh, uh, at least on uh, this podcast, Alad and I and our uh, guest at that time, we had said, has Mr. Modi turned left? Because at that point, it was it was hardly um, a center-right budget at the moment. That is not to say that if you're helping farmers, it makes you a left or center uh, thing. But the problem here is what I have found. We do talk, keep talking about agricultural distress. We keep talking about being pro-farmer. Since 1947, I have not known any government in power that has been anti-farmer. It is not... In, on paper, at least they have not said that no government has been anti-farmer. No government has been against the farming community. Mm-hmm. Yes, we see agriculture distress. In spite of the last budget completely dedicated to um, the farmers, yet we are talking about farmers' suicides and um, agricultural distress. I agree this is not going to get fixed in one day. But my question is that when we have too many people dependent on agriculture and we are doing nothing to wean them away because we are not being able to get manufacturing back, I don't know how this will help. I mean, it, this is something I keep dropping my head against. Maybe Hindu can help, but I don't see how so many people can sustain from uh, so, so before 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 you come to Hindol, uh, just one quick point, and then we'll go to uh, I'll go to a, like a wrap up because we are running out of time on this. But uh, in essential, to summarize what Sunanda is saying, that the government has done a 360 degree turn on agriculture. Basically, started at one place and went gone back right there one year later. <laughs> so, Hindol, what do you recommend? Uh, what do you say on Sunanda's point? See, there is a fundamental uh, agreement that I have with the point that. X number of people cannot be sustained by agriculture. I mean, I don't think there is any doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you know, however, that is already changing. It's changing too slowly, I agree. Mm-hmm. But already, remember, a couple of years ago, we came to a situation where a 50, more than 50% of the jobs in rural India are now non-farm. Mm-hmm. Which means they're small manufacturing services, yes. whatever. Mm-hmm. So people are anyway being weaned away from farming per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no choice, right? It could mm-hmm. be far mm-hmm. faster, far more organized, but nothing in India is faster and organized. And to give right. credit to this government, there has been some focus on the MSMEs as well, the medium and small yeah, and enterprises. I think, uh, this government is doing two things, right? One is, I think it genuinely understands that the solution to Indian agriculture will have to come from India. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And it cannot be something that you cut and paste on somewhere else. So that's mm. a good thing. Mm. The other thing, I, I remember, yes, I completely agree with Sunanda that from 1947 we've been saying, oh, agriculture, agriculture, but nobody's been able to do anything. But since 1947, we have never given a Padmashree award to a farmer until last year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, things are changing. So I think there is some thought which is interesting. Hmm. How far that thought will actually be carried out in action and how far is it be? We don't know. I don't know. I mean, nobody knows. I'm, I'm pretty sure the government also doesn't know. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But there's yeah. genuinely some thought there. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
No, absolutely. I have to wait and see where it goes. Where it goes. Okay. So in a nutshell, if I were to tell you guys to summarize this budget in ten seconds, and before I come, before I get, come to you guys, just a couple of quick uh, things. What they did, they, the the petrol uh, tax, the um, the duty was removed, and now there is a road says, and then apparently custom duty on phones and stuff reduced. So all your iPhones and Androids are going to be <laughs> more expensive. Um, these are all very sort of you know, I mean, uh, I, you know. This allies little, you know, hanger on little point. Ha, ha, absolutely. But, but um, uh, one thing that I, do, I, I thought it was a okayish budget. I initially called it a balanced budget, but then you read through the fine fine print, and it's probably a little more left of center than what I would have hoped. But one thing where I was kind of disappointed is there was no incentive for more people to invest in India. Uh, I understand that they are trying to boost make in India, but one thing that Prime Minister Modi said in Davos was he wanted more people to invest in India, and he said expect a couple of surprises in the budget. I don't think we saw that, so that was my kind of takeaway. That uh, not a bad budget, but you know there is always hope for more, especially on the investment side. Uh, what are your final thoughts, Sunanda? Uh, my final thoughts are that uh, you know uh, I, I I wouldn't call it a balanced budget, but I would call it a statement of purpose. We exactly know where Mr. Modi's focus is going to be, as Indol correctly pointed out, rural India, and um, that's where I don't necessarily see this as um, you know uh, alienating um, uh, salary class or alienating middle class. We don't even have a definition of middle class at the moment in India. So I, I'm not even buying into all that. Mm. Um, I, I, I think that um, under 2.5 lakh, they do get some break. And is somebody who earns 10 lakh the middle class? You know, those questions are up for a debate. And therefore, I do not think it's a so-called anti-middle class at the moment. But I do feel that um, uh, Mr. Modi, um, if he is elected back and uh, the focus is going to be on the rural economy and I feel that's where he thinks the maximum jobs will come from and that's where he thinks the spending, the maximum spending right now from the government is also happening in the rural sector. It seems that he thinks that that's where the, uh, you know, the economy will get lifted from, lifted at and that's, that's what I think. A budget is just a statement of purpose. Huh. There are lots of things that are happening. Yeah, so, so that, yeah I need to go to Hindol. So Hindol, your closing thoughts on yes. this. So I think my closing remarks is essentially something that we didn't have time to touch upon. Hmm. The results of the bipolar election. We, 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 are, we are coming to that. I have left a couple of minutes for there for that. That's why I wanted so to... I wanted to connect to that and give my final comment. Please. The, yes. Mm -hmm. It's at the end of the day, it all depends on implementation. Hmm. If Mr. Modi does not win the next election, then all bets are off. Hmm. If he wins the next election, then we can talk about the implementation and rollout of some of these things and we will see how good the implementation is. But now from this point onwards, all eyes are really on whether he will win the next election or not. And with what yeah. majority who he will win the next election. Or mm -hmm. if he doesn't, he of course won't. So all, all bets are really based on that. Mm -hmm. If he wins, then we can talk about these things. Otherwise, I mean, at the moment, I mean, going forward from today onwards, we are in election mode. Mm -hmm. 
गुजरात <laughs> So it was Well you know look I mean you have to give credit to Sachin Pilot who's been doggedly yeah. fighting this from the ground I yeah. mean you have to give I mean we have to give credit where it's due right Oh absolutely I mean with really no benefits nothing I mean that chap has been fighting on and on and there will be some results I mean if you work very hard among the masses of this country uh, you know there will be some results obviously what for whatever it is Vasudhara Raja wasn't able to start them that decline right and she has to ask very hard questions of the BJP leadership to ask even harder questions of what really happened no and when right. we were analyzing gujarat polls that's what i was saying that in gujarat they didn't have one strong face to take on uh, the bjp there uh, in rajasthan congress does and that makes yeah. the that yeah. makes it even more critical because uh, there are 9 to 10 months left and i suspect that sachin pilot is going to start campaigning and surinder if you recall in 2013 Vasundhara actually started her campaign in February March and that's how she won yes, such a I big uh-huh. she she fought she fought to win that election but as i told you are there two days ago she seemed to be making the same mistake she made the first time hmm. she seems to be from the reports that i'm getting on the ground she still seems to be inaccessible hmm. she still seems to have um, some amount of alienation from her own corner uh and uh law and order has been a problem in Rajasthan um and uh if reports are to be believed uh actually congress this is uh, i think prashant um with prashant jha who said that this is if uh, liberals think that this is a vote for a liberal vote in Rajasthan it isn't it is something i found his uh, comment actually very interesting yeah. he said that Rajasthan BJP lost because they have not done um, uh, Rajput felt that they have, she had not banned quote unquote Padmavati which I mean uh, it wasn't released there but she felt that she hadn't done enough to stop it so or she hadn't done enough to um, you know for the Rajput agitation that have been happening yeah. so it is really not I I don't know it's not a vote it's not a liberal ma- vote for liberal mandate um But 
more on being accessible and um, telling people what she is all about and controlling. And, and Sunanda, you know, I'm a numbers guy, and so is Hindol, I guess. We, one thing is, 18% swing is not a small amount. That is humongous. It's not a joke. Yeah. No, it's not a swing. The only hope that the BJP has, and if I, you know, I were Amit Shah, the only hope that the BJP has is to ensure that. If there is one person who is even more worried than the BJP by seeing this victory in Rajasthan, it is Ashok Gehlot. Hmm. You know, because this basically <laughs> marks the end of Ashok Gehlot. No, but yeah. yeah, it marks the end of Ashok Gehlot. So, if I were Amit Shah, I would try to ensure that Ashok Gehlot hmm. basically stems. Um, such in Thailand. That's the only way. No, and but uh, maybe there is another thing that um, uh, the guy, there was a rebel Congress candidate who got like 22% of the vote in Mandalgarh and they still, BJP still lost by 10,000 votes. So it was that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it shows how much work Sachin Pilot has done on the ground. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. but anyways, uh, we're getting to the end of it. Before before we go, uh, by the way, in West Bengal, it was Didi all the way, as you expected. But uh, BJP. Bengal is very interesting. Uh -huh. Please note it in both. BJP has number two. Yes, so there BJP is gaining yeah. at the expense of the left. Uh, ironically, so all the left votes are going rightwards. <laughs> if we, but but uh, BJP is emerging as the primary challenger there. But um, before we uh, before we end up, I wanted to recommend for uh, since this, although this is a midweek podcast, one movie. If you guys want to understand Rajasthan politics, watch Anurag Kashyap's Gulal. It's a fascinating movie on Rajasthan student politics. It is a fascinating movie. I agree. Uh, uh, so uh, watch that. I was listening to its Ranaji song which is written by Piyush Mishra and it's tongue-in-cheek and it's absolutely brilliant. So anyways, thank you so much Hindol for joining us. Uh, this, we promised this would be a 30-minute one but it became longer but it was a great discussion. So thank you so much. Thank you, Saranda. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you Hindol. Thank you very much. Right. And you guys will be back next week. Thanks for joining us this week on Mind Podcast.